Welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about some of our most favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison, and today I am joined, as ever, by my co-host, Mr. Jack Tutor, and our special guest today, musicologist and co-host of Switched On Pop, Mr. Nate Sloan. Hey, Nate, how are you doing? Hello, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, as we've mentioned um, on more than one occasion on our previous episode with Daniel Duke, but also just now that we're big fans of Switched On Pop, so it's mm-hmm. a real pleasure. Jack, you were up first uh, this episode with your recommendation. Tell us a little bit about Weird Work. Sure. Yeah. So Weird Work is a podcast I found relatively recently. It's a podcast hosted by a guy called Sam Bolter who speaks to people about their unusual jobs. So each episode is titled in a way where it's in quote marks and it's like, I do this. And I think the titles was what grabbed me originally because you've got titles like, oh, I press human ashes into records or I write (laughs) dinosaur and monster erotica or I'm an LSD microdosing coach. And I was like, okay, let's get to know these guys. So he's not someone I've heard of before. And actually I was kind of surprised after hearing him talk. He sounded like quite a seasoned podcast guy. Maybe he has done other podcasts. I know that he works in uh, at this sales and marketing company called HubSpot. Uh, and he's an endearing guy and he gets these people on side quite quickly so basically he sits down with them and they have a chat for about half an hour about their their weird job um so it's not actually that long like half an hour in terms of interview podcasts is quite condensed um but they seem to open up pretty quickly and i think he straddles this really good line between acknowledging the absurdity of their occupation i mean it is a podcast called weird work but there's a sincere interest there and also i think it's key that it's an interview podcast because i think the op- the other option was to do like a documentary thing where um you know they go behind the scenes of you know being a monster erotica writer or whatever but i think what's important is is that the interview format allows the guests to control their narrative and it's more focused on allowing them to explain their occupation and why they're so attached to it and and actually you get to the end and the the job feels often less weird uh, and more relatable (laughs) by the end of it which i think is is quite a nice quality i mean there's one on the episode which is called uh, i'm a professional cuddler where i mean the ultimate message this woman has is uh, you know the predominant culture around touch and conflating that with sex is weird not me uh and you're like yeah fair play but the the episode i picked out for us to listen to as a recommendation is called i make asmr videos so I'm quite curious about ASMR because, you know, I'm fascinated by it, but I don't really understand it. Um, and basically, if anyone's unfamiliar, it's this phenomena of having pleasant tingles from particular sounds or, or forms of touch, I think, as well. Um, and so there are these videos where people are, like, bouncing ping-pong balls or crinkling candy wrappers, and they're generally whispered in this really intimate way. 
and Sam speaks to this woman called um, Heather Feather, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, oh yeah, the <laughs> the interview felt really thorough. I mean, they go into the phenomena itself, her process of making videos, um, the sense of community across the people who make these videos, but also some of the t- tougher aspects of it as well. I mean, her stalkers and um, their strange narratives that they build for themselves. And also, I mean, one thing that I really was intrigued about is that line between ASMR and fetish as well, because I think for anyone who's not familiar with this whole phenomenon like me, it's like, okay, so where does that line reside? And I think you come out the other side feeling um, like you have a greater idea about that. Um, Not all of them are as good as this one. I, I mentioned that monster erotica one. I think that missed a big opportunity to get deeper into the subject itself it kind of became a what's it like being an author in the age of amazon kind of thing which i was like well that's definitely not the most interesting aspect of this but um <laughs> it, I, it's, I enjoy it as a podcast like i say so i'd love to know what you guys think of it freddie what do you reckon yeah i um i i really enjoyed this it's it's one of these ones that's been uh on some of the discovery screens of various podcast apps recently and i've I've kind of ignored it um not because i just want to look for weird stuff that's not on the discovery screens but just because it's just just not it's just not like jumped out at me but um having listened to that first episode that you recommended uh i make asmr videos i really loved it i love the way that there's there's no real um there's no messing about it's it's straight in there it's straight into the good stuff it's straight Mm. into the meat of the conversation and um i just feel like it's either very well edited or the, the questioning um by Sam is very well thought out because there just doesn't seem to be a wasted moment in terms of the interview. I mean, uh, you know, mm. we, we've both done interviews as as journalists, Jack, and you know when you do those things that you, you every now and then you can pursue a line of questioning that's a bit of a waste of time. You know, maybe it's something the person's not interested in or they don't really have a lot to say about. And it's either incredibly well edited, which it may well be, or, or it, you know, or it's a combination of that and an incredible research and questioning by Sam. Because I just feel like the 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 way it goes apart from your criticism just then about the about the the amazon stuff but um you know the majority of what's being said is is really interesting and there's not really a wasted moment in them and uh yeah i listened to the um asmr one with heather feather and then i actually listened to a couple of the others the 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 guy who's the lst microdosing coach i really enjoyed so um yeah, I, I really, really love it. I love I love how um, to the point it is and direct it is. And like I say, there's not a moment wasted. And uh, I think that's what I like about it the most. And I just, I feel like, you know, they're just interesting conversations. Mm. And, um, but they're accessible as well. You know, these are, these are by, you know, the nature of them, weird jobs. And the, the vast majority, I don't really know anything about. But I felt like I understood them very quickly. And I didn't feel like I was like, privy to a conversation which i didn't understand it was you know i didn't overhear someone else talking to someone else about their job which yeah. is effectively what actually happened i felt like it was a conversation that happened with me in a way on, on a level that i can understand i think that's uh, you know real credit to sam and how he's uh, he's put together his interviews um so yeah i really really enjoyed it right. um yeah nate what did you think i similarly really enjoyed this episode it was uh a a subject that i maybe only knew as uh, an acronym i'm not sure i knew exactly what amsr was so it was very enlightening for me in general in that respect uh and by centering on this one 
uh, individual Heather Feather, which which is one of one of my favorite names um, <laughs> ever. It, it the rapport that the host and and she established, I think, really made this episode work. It, it was very she was very candid. She was very revealing about the details, the joys, and the challenges of this very niche occupation she's found herself in. And it concluded with what I thought was a really lovely moment of the host and the the guest actually creating their own uh, whispery ASMR <laughs> uh, recording with light uh, pen strokes and ping pong balls and glasses of water being tapped. And uh, so I, I was very engaged by it. I, I I think I would listen to other episodes of this podcast, but it would be very dependent on what the career was and how intrigued I was by it. So I'm probably going to listen to the professional cuddler one you mentioned <laughs> because that sounds fascinating. But I based I, I don't know if the if the show itself is engaging enough where i would just listen to every episode but i think i would listen to selective ones yeah no totally i think that's where i fall with it i mean i think in fact for you nate the pressing human ashes into records one would probably be quite interesting because i think there's a lot about i think there's a strange line it draws between like i guess grief but and record production as well and the collision uh, between those is really interesting i think and and it's i don't know it's something that this guy seems to have fallen into and is still grappling with himself to a certain extent but it's um yeah it's a winner that one okay well you've definitely piqued my interest mm. <laughs> brilliant jack I, I guess it's the same for you isn't it where it's it's one of these podcasts where you can kind of happily go through and pick and choose different episodes yeah, it is. Like I and I and like I say, it's the titles that really got me on this one. So I haven't listened to that LSD micro coaching one yet, but I, the reason I flagged up that title at the beginning is because it's one I was like, ooh, because you know, it's something you hear so much about. And, you know, I think the idea of an LSD microdosing coach as well, I think the coach bit is like that extra layer that I didn't know existed. I know people microdose, and there was that big Reply All episode about them doing microdosing. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like that it's going a layer deeper than that. There's no longer really anything weird about the actual taking LSD, but don't spoil it for me freds i guess i'll find out what the whole coach aspect is in due time i won't spoil it for you don't worry appreciate it i i imagine it's also a show that in some ways is as good as the guest because while it's called weird work is as you said it's less about the weirdness of the work than what the uh uniqueness of it can tell you about the person who does it and the the people who who consume that that work it, it's more of an insight into people than like labor itself right mm. yeah I, I think in fact to draw like a really tenuous analogy to what you guys do i think there's this um subversion of expectation when you go in in that you come with these bag of assumptions about something based on what you've read in the title of the podcast or the kind of cluster of facts that you already have and the most interesting ones for me have been where people have gone, 
well, hang on, it's not really like that, or there are, there's more going on here than you first realise, and in fact, a lot of the things that I'm dealing with here and grappling with are, A, probably very similar to what you're doing at your job, but B, also very much based on the uh, fact that those assumptions are, like, misguided and going, you know, that cuddling one is a perfect example. I mean, you can tell that the Sam Bolter guy is, like... Coming from a place that I think a lot of people are, and he even says at one point that he's someone who doesn't like to be touched, and he has hmm. a strange relationship with that. And so clearly, the idea of someone being a professional cuddler, he's like, I'm intrigued, and he doesn't shut down because he's skeptical. In fact, it opens him up, and he's like, Help me understand this. And I think that's really nice. We should go on to our next recommendation, and that's coming from you, Nate. Uh, if you'd like to introduce this wonderful podcast that i know uh yeah is a bit of a favorite but please yeah tell us tell us all about it absolutely so i've picked the podcast mogul which is uh produced by gimlet media and tells the story of the rise uh and fall of a hip-hop record executive named chris lighty but that only captures some of the show i think because while it uses the biography of this figure who rose from poverty in the bronx to becoming one of the most successful music executives uh in the country at the same time it's also telling the story of the rise of hip-hop which neatly parallels this this one individual's literally rising from the streets of the bronx to becoming one of the most dominant cultural forces today so it's it's a i think it's a brilliant piece of audio storytelling in that way and that it uses both a single person's story uh and and twines it to the the story of this hip pop musical evolution Hmm. in addition to that i think what what really makes it great is what i've learned is called in this radio business good tape he has (laughs) the host who i'll talk about in a moment has just the most engaging interviews with both hip-hop luminaries like warren g and also uh just everyday people from the neighborhood uh but whoever he's talking to you you hear uh you, you get access to this world in a really intimate way and then the host is someone named Reggie Osei, who has his own podcast and used to be a lawyer in the, the hip-hop industry. Uh, and in addition to having a, a great command of the of the music and, and the history of hip-hop, he does something which I find so refreshing. He hosts this podcast without a hint of what you might call podcast voice. That is <laughs> that flat neutral accentless uh tone which seems to coat so much radio public radio podcasting uh he is just irrepressibly himself he doesn't censor himself he doesn't change his his tone even when he's talking to someone uh, in an interview versus talking to you the listener Mm. uh it just it just brings a uh a a sort of directness and and casualness and it seems so authentically within the world that he's talking about 
And as a result, he's able to get interviews with people that, you know, I would never, I would never be able to communicate <laughs> with um, these hip hop veterans in the way he is. He's he's of that world. So altogether, I, th- I, I would say it makes this um, this 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 mini series, I guess, this podcast series, uh, just something that I was binge listening to. I mean, I was totally hooked on this story, both for the narrative of the story and for the musical revelations contained within wonderful um freddie what do you reckon oh man i um i was really happy nate when i saw this was your recommendation because (laughs) this is definitely a podcast i wanted to talk about but it's nice to uh talk about it with someone who has a musical background um especially but i i yeah i i devoured this i started listening to it long after it originally uh was released so um i think all if not maybe a couple of episodes were already out by the time i started listening and and to be perfectly honest i just stopped listening to anything else <laughs> and my cue was just mogul 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 <laughs> the whole way down and i and, and, and you're right, it is partly the story and the story of Chris Lighty, which is a story I don't know very well. It's partly that. It's partly the the, the brilliant kind of introduction to the rise of hip-hop, which is, is fascinating in itself. And then, yeah, the, the way that uh, Reggio Say has a, this command of the show and command of the, the music around it. And also, yeah, his 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 guests. And, I, and as soon as you said Warren G, I just, all of the Warren G <laughs> moments came back to yeah. me. And I <laughs> I, I, I just, and I think that's great. I think it's so good that the person who's not the subject of the show can be so memorable. Um, you know, a guest that's effectively ancillary to the story is so memorable. And I think that's partly down to the way that Reggie is able to to, to interact with him, and uh, yeah, and, and the way that he's included within within the story as well. And I, I think you know, beyond the the actual kind of narrative arc of the story, the the special episodes that have gone alongside them as those kind of like you know more concentrated interviews and things like that are, are, are really wonderful and it's yeah. just a really amazing show and you know I was, I was very sad when i finished listening to it because it was just such a pleasure to listen to over over such a long period of time yeah i mean it's great i'm just gonna parrot both of you to begin with and say <laughs> i saw it come up and it took a while for me to cotton on to the fact that I should be listening to it. And then when I dived in, just I listened to the whole thing within like two or three days. Just every moment I had to either be in my car or be out for a walk, I had this on. And yeah, it's just really, really masterful storytelling. And I think also you get the sense that it's really driven by i mean nate you mentioned the um, authenticity of the host and i think his excitement and enthusiasm is absolutely bleeding through every aspect of this show and like there are moments where almost it feels like personal excitement more than any kind of narrative desire is dragging the story forward and really burrowing into the details i mean the first episode it was great to listen back to this today and then delight in a lot of the moments that um I mean, firstly, there seems to be a lot of really awesome foreshadowing, which I never really picked up on, obviously, going through first time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then there's a bit where him and he's uh, Reggie's talking with one of Chris's friends, Daryl, and suddenly they get into swapping tips on, like, how they used to keep their trainers clean as kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they right. get dragged off for a moment where they're, like, swapping tips. And it's, like, just 
it's, it just falls down this nostalgic hole and it's so so fun to follow them there because you know that this guy is doing this because he is so incredibly excited about what he's doing and sometimes it gets caught up in that um but then he also has this amazing way for someone who is so clearly embedded in hip-hop of conveying uh, hip-hop and its evolution in such a relatable way. I mean, there's one bit in episode three, and I had to dig it out again because it really stuck with me, where they're talking about the contrast that emerged between East Coast hip-hop um, and the stuff pioneered by Def Jam and then the West Coast sound. And you've got the East Coast sound, which is harder and angrier, and then the West Coast sound is much more chilled because they're, and I quote, smoking that good weed. And it's just <laughs> so beautifully illustrated in this thing where they crossfade between the sounds of the city and then suddenly the beach fades up uh, and it goes between the two sounds. And it just stuck with me so much. Uh, the, another thing that I think is worth mentioning is, uh, and I don't want to spoil it, but obviously there's a controversial revelation in the latter portion of the podcast, and right. looking at the fact that I knew there were, I think, two episodes after this revelation came out, I was so curious to see how they would handle that and push the narrative forward, and I think what the podcast managed to do is find a way of moving on with the narrative without shrugging off the severity that obviously descended on the podcast at that moment, um, but also without things grinding to a halt there as well. Um, I think, I, mean, I can only imagine it must be so difficult to find a way to then, I don't know, push forward and then wrap things up after you've hit that kind of discovery because I mean the way that it's framed in the podcast is that it's something that emerges part way through actually recording the show and right they I, th I thought they I don't know I felt like from from where I'm where I was it felt like they did a, a really good job in finding a way through it but yeah so I love Mogul and just listening to the first episode again makes me want to listen to through the whole thing again I mean as you say it's just wicked storytelling it's so good and as someone who hosts a podcast that does music analysis, I was very impressed slash jealous of the the skill with, with which this podcast sort of explained some of uh, its musical examples. The West Coast, East East Coast one you mentioned in, in episode three being a great one. Mm. Uh, and the I also loved the... I think it was in this episode, this first episode that I recommended, where they basically take you musically through the evolution of the break and the first samples yeah. and how those really defined the sound of, of hip hop. Mm. And it's something that goes from a, a term that you're familiar with to uh, an origin story that uh, that will, for me at least, like kind of forever change the way I, I think about this genre. I have one question, which is, it sounds like we all have at least some knowledge of hip-hop and rap. Would someone who had no exposure to this music still enjoy this podcast? <laughs> it's, that's almost... Um, in the last episode, we got asked whether people would like long-form if they didn't have a basis in the creative industries. And I think it's such a difficult question, isn't it? Because you have to almost step outside yourself and think, okay... Um, what if I was coming at this from a different angle? I mean, I think definitely, because 
it felt like one of those and you know Gimlet often does this quite well where it takes something and goes okay so here's something you know nothing about and really it feels like maybe you have no reason to be interested in and suddenly it draws a narrative which feels so I mean it's just I I think it's just a really beautifully like objectively nice narrative regardless of the specialist interest in there I think the music also is the driving force but it's not the only force in there as well I think there's so many different entry points into this story that I like to think that people would still enjoy it and in fact what you've reminded me to do is get my dad onto this because he knows <laughs> sweet FA about hip hop and he would be the ultimate <laughs> test I think of like whether you know if my dad likes this then you know they've done a really good thing clearly what I, what what do you yes, reckon please please report back <laughs> yeah what do you what do you think Nate I'm inclined to agree. I, I was thinking part part of what I enjoyed about the show is hearing these references to artists or, or groups that I know and being surprised to to find them in this narrative and the sort and exposing the sort of network of, of of these artists. But I think you're right. I think it's it's they 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 were smart to tell this as a. As a really, as as I guess, I mean, it's not a, a, a spoiling it to to reveal that the protagonist of this of this podcast uh, commits suicide at, at the end of it, hmm. um, or sorry, I should say, dies in mysterious circumstances, likely suicide. Hmm. That's you know public knowledge, and 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 as such, it 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 sort of has a tragic arc to it, and it's and it's really the story of a a deeply flawed and deeply talented individual um and the the music that he was both inspired by and and helped foster so i I agree i think you don't need to my conclusion would be the same that you don't need to have a a, a hip-hop knowledge in order to enjoy the show yeah i mean freddie where do you stand on that because i mean this obviously you really enjoyed this podcast as well i think you have probably a bit more of a hip-hop grounding than i do but where do you stand on that? I think that's very generous, Jack. I think that's a very generous... <laughs> I, I think you overestimated my understanding of hip-hop, but yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I know hip-hop in the kind of periphery. It's it's not um, it's not a, a genre of music that I visit regularly, but I, I do enjoy and appreciate it. And I think that minor appreciation from very much from the sidelines is what got me hooked on it. Um, because in the first episode, in the first you know few minutes, there's a lot of name dropping going on about mm. all of the people who are at Chris Lighty's funeral mm. and of course if you don't know hip hop um, and even if you do maybe but especially if you don't you hear all these big names and then you then you hear that it's the funeral of a guy called Chris Lighty and, and compared to these big names you're like well who is this and you know but that you know that this must be someone special and important if they can bring together all of these big people and and that's that is my background to this and I, I didn't know who Chris Lighty was but I did know who all of the people were that he uh, had involvement with and that is what I found so fascinating and that's what drew me in and then you know as a bonus I then get to find out about the origin story of hip hop as well at the same time and the evolution and the ascension of hip hop as a musical genre and so you know for me it started off as as intrigue and then it became you know something that basically gave me three different kind of educations at the same time which I which I think is brilliant I think it's a 
really you know it's and it was so it was so interesting as well there are podcasts that i listen to that i know that i'm just trying to be fed knowledge just constantly fed knowledge and there are podcasts i listen to that are um stories and also give me some kind of education at the same time and uh, i think they're excellent so mm. yeah top um, banana and it has as well like the best theme like the theme to this podcast is so good and as soon as it comes in just like the podcast kicks into gear it's wicked it's got those like dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 and i'm like yeah just winding down my windows it's really good <laughs> <laughs> so we've got one more podcast and freddie you are the the man what brung it so would you like to tell us about it i can do indeed um this is actually a relatively new podcast on me in the sense that I've maybe only listened to two or three episodes, but of the two or three episodes that I've listened to, I really, really enjoy it. Um, so the podcast is called Ear Hustle. It actually is it's based and is produced out of um, San Quentin, which is incredible. Um, I, I, I find that really, really interesting that this podcast comes out of a prison. It's it's very rare that you get anything produced um, in media form that comes out of a prison. You know, you get individual prisoners may write books or whatever else. But, you know, I think I, d- I don't know personally of any radio or tv shows or anything like that that are produced in a prison that i would find particularly easily that aren't quite niche um so i find i find the the logistics of producing a uh, podcast from within a prison uh, particularly interesting but what i really really love as well about this podcast is that it shines a light on effectively you know almost like a a whole ecosystem and a whole society um that has a different set of rules that i I'm not at all familiar with as someone who has never been in prison, and you know San Quentin as well is 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 um, is a well-known place. It's 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 not it's not any prison. It's San Quentin, and I think that's really interesting in itself. And I, I wrote in the uh, the podcast document that my only kind of experience of San Quentin as a place is the uh, uh, video for Saint Anger <laughs> by Metallica, um, which is my my only you know, and I, that's my only uh, introduction to that kind of place. And I. I but what I find really interesting, and I think the the first episode that I recommended, Sally's really really sums up, is this kind of um, this kind of societal uh, system and, and rules and uh, like social norms that go on inside a prison that you you wouldn't necessarily experience in in real you know in, outside as a not incarcerated person. I find you know obviously there are parallels uh, with between kind of you know having a cellmate and having a flatmate or living with other people or whatever else but it is different and you know each episode kind of shines a light on these different kind of societal issues and and conundrums that happen from within a prison and uh, and it's you know it's it's kind of opening up this new world to me that i you know wouldn't know about and wouldn't probably you know it's not you know if you're interested you can't just walk into a prison and find out so um i find it in this sense very very interesting jack what did you think yeah um it's it's really good i think what's funny is i think the last episode of episode party we were talking about a finalist of radio topa's podquest competition which was me and now we're actually talking about the winner i believe of that very same competition it's yeah i mean as you say freddie it's really i think it's so interesting to have this insight and to know how it's produced and it did make me think at some points of the fact that you had something like serial which 
was largely underpinned by an interview with someone who was in prison. And there was always that sense of distance with Serial between... Um, I've forgotten her name. Sarah, isn't it? Sarah Koenig on the outside. Right. And Adnan on the inside of prison. And you felt that Adnan was distant. And I think what's really interesting with this podcast is that you just feel like you're on the inside. And the interviews with um, people in prison, I think, are just so illuminating. And I have to say this, I mean, there's one part of it which doesn't gel with me, which is the the format where you have a little interview, uh, and then you go back to the quote-unquote studio, and then the two hosts do a sort of back and forth, like, hey, what do you think about that? And there's a little quip there or something, and then they have to sort of um, steer the story over to the next bit, which... I don't know, it always jars me, I think, just as an uncomfortable English bloke. You know, I just feel like I want it to move on quicker than it does at all times. But, I mean, it's not a big gripe at all, because uh, I think there's so much to derive from this podcast outside of that. I mean, there's a fascinating moment, and one that actually kind of really took me aback, where they're interviewing a a guy who... um, you know, amidst all these talk of, of cellies and the fact that it's about finding a compatible cellmate and, and all of these stories about people who clash because they're not compatible, they get to talking to this guy who's in a cell on his own. And the way they build it up is so clever because you're made to think, oh gosh, what a relief when you get that space to yourself. Uh, and in, in a sense, you kind of get that. But the f- one of the first things the guy says is, yeah, it's, you know what, it's nice to come back to a cell on my own and just cry because you can't do that yeah. and i was just like oh gosh because also the line of her questioning is almost you're expecting to say yeah it's real nice to stretch out and you know i've got all that space just to read and there's a sense of naivety in i think my expectation of what he was going to say and i think that's so well played and maybe something that they could only do by having someone who relates to the experiences of prison also involved in the production of this because they don't make those mistakes of i don't know skipping over things which perhaps someone on the outside wouldn't understand I listened to another one about uh, the shoe uh, the security housing unit which Um, speaking of isolation is where you're alone and segregated from the rest of the prison population and you don't have any books or TV or anything and and one of the things that came out of that is that these prisoners crave human touch I mean just you know just someone like poking their fingers through the the grill and and just touching their finger that's something that people start to crave Uh, again nothing that I could ever relate to or ever understand and that's the kind of insight that's that's so crucial from this podcast and I mean there's there's one bit and it kind of for me sums up where I feel about it because it felt slightly scripted but there's a bit in that uh, shoe episode where um Nigel, the um, artist who's the person uh, who comes in and works with these prisoners but also co-hosts this podcast, says, uh, with regards to, I think, the whole thing of being in isolation, she was like, I can't wrap my head around this. And then the, um, is it, was it Erlon? Says, um, well, what mm. are you doing after this tonight? And she's like, I'm going home. And he's like, well, yeah, that's why you'll never be able to wrap your head around this. Mm. Which I think mm. is amazing and also grounds wow. the podcast in this sense of, okay, so here's an insight, but also just no that you'll never be able to empathize fully um and that's what i really enjoyed about the podcast it gives you a glimmer but also it gives you the the extent to which that you you're not really stepping in anyone's shoes here you're getting a very very uh, tiny taste of what it's like but yeah i really enjoyed it um 
Yeah, Nate, what do you reckon? I was pretty blown away by this show, which I've heard of, but I'm, I was frankly really grateful for the uh, for being forced to finally listen to it by, <laughs> by joining you on this show because it was one where I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to check that out soon, and I, I just kept putting it off. Uh, and then when I sat down and, and listened to this first episode, uh, I immediately realized I'm going to be listening to the rest of this podcast. Uh, it's one of the few times where I'm listening to a show I've actually felt that I wished it was longer, that mm. it's 99% of the time it's the opposite. Uh, this, I totally agree with your uh, assessments and, and maybe even see a, a parallel that I didn't expect between my choice of, of Mogul and the show, both of which benefit from being hosted by actual insiders, literally in the, in the case of, of uh, Ear Hustle, people yeah. who are on the inside. And as a result... Uh, I think not only does it give you a, a, a perspective that some well-meaning reporter like Sarah Koenig from uh, Serial wouldn't would only be able to hypothesize about. Um, it gives you another look at an institution that in the media, I think, is generally at least over here in the States, it's just generally portrayed as a place of violence and, and sexual assault and uh, corruption. And, and I'm sure I'll encounter those issues as well as I continue li to listen to the show. But mm -hmm. just to start the very first episode with um, what's not a particularly heavy topic, it's, it's something mm -hmm. that is very relatable to me as someone who's lived with roommates most of my life, picking a cellmate and, and, and getting along with your cellmate. And there's a lot of laughter in the episode and there's, uh, there's a lot of humanity in the episode. And for me, it was just like pulling back a curtain on, on this, on this prison experience and, and starting and, and getting the gears rolling in my head. Uh, oh, how these are depicted in movies and television is not really what's going on on the inside. So I'm a hundred percent on board for, for ear hustle. And I, I, I'm grateful for, for you bringing it uh, to the forefront of my, my podcast queue. Excellent. That is, uh, what we like to do on episode party <laughs> usually 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 it's the other way around usually someone someone brings something to me that i've never heard of or haven't got around to listening to but i'm i'm kind of glad i've done it for someone else so this this makes me happy um yeah thanks and the, and the cycle will continue <laughs> i'm I mean, sure of it we do a podcast about podcasts fred so i hope we'd be able to at least in part one podcast at some point. <laughs> <laughs> keep trying. Just we can keep change. trying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we should say as well, we're not embarrassed about it. I mean, we love your podcast. It's a really wonderful um, show that you do in Switched On Pop. I mean, one thing that always goes through my head when I listen to it is how you decide on when you've got a song that you want to cling on to and dive down into. Because... I mean, these are songs often that when I see them in the title of your podcast, I'm like, <laughs> why are they picking that lumper? <laughs> but, you know, and then you listen to it and you're like, oh, gosh. And again, it comes up again and again. But, you know, I'm struck by my own naivety and um, assumptions with these things. So, yeah. How do you pick a song and go, right, this is one that we're going to dive into? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much. And yeah, definitely go listen to that episode of Episode Party because it's the best uh, kind of breakdown of what our show does that I've come across. Oh, and to you. answer your question, um, we 
have a very unscientific process in which we <laughs> listen to the top 40 every uh every two weeks so we make a playlist and just listen to every every the top 40 songs in in the country and then we take notes on them and discuss them and whittle it down to a few that seem to be really grabbing us uh and then i think ultimately we'll we'll pick the song we cover based on often we'll look for something that's unique about it or if not its ability to illustrate some interesting musical concept that we want to talk about or sometimes it will have a relevance to something happening in the wider world that we want to discuss so i don't know if there's one one metric we use for for picking a song but we we sort of yeah we sort of ease ease our way into it by uh doing a lot of listening and then sort of letting our ears whittle it down to a few candidates i mean what you'll discover if you if you do this which i don't necessarily recommend it it's it's something of a masochistic exercise to to listen to that much pop music all the time (laughs) um you you will discover i don't i i celebrate pop music but i'm not an apologist you will discover that (laughs) much pop music sounds almost identical uh and and sometimes it can be i i have that feeling you de- you're describing of like w- what is is there anything of merit in this song is there anything of value is there anything <laughs> is there anything in this song that can make me just not feel completely hopeless about our late capitalist consumerist corporatist <laughs> uh you know sludge world and but then, okay, but then, so you find that, you find some song that is just so, uh, you know, baldly t- commercial and craven, and you're like, oh, this makes me so sad about the world. But then you listen to it, and I think inevitably, the more you listen to something and you listen to it with open ears, you will find something to treasure there. You will find something of, of value. And that's like been the most radical part of doing this podcast for me is like forcing yourself to listen to these songs that you might have such a strong aversion to and letting and letting them speak to you. And or or, or maybe I should rephrase that. Maybe I should say often what I do is I try to imagine what does someone listening to this who really likes the song get out of it? Rather than d- dismissing their enjoyment of the song, trying to under, like why, like what draws them to it, and can I find something? Can I, or if not, can I find that too? Can I, you know, recognize something about another person that I wouldn't have noticed before because of the music they enjoy? Hmm. Anyway, this is a very this is becoming a very uh, cosmic explanation <laughs> to a very simple question, but well. uh, hopefully it was illu- illuminating. <laughs> It's kind of in the spirit of the show, I feel. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, the, I think what's wonderful, I find, is that you don't, as you say, you're looking for what other people enjoy it in as well. So there's not like, okay, so, you know, what the plebs are getting out of it is this. But if you look deeper, right. you find there's a real, it's kind of, yes, this is an awesome beat or this is, you know, an awesome vocal hook. And that's never cast out the window. And I, I love that because, you know, it's a great way, I think, of, as, as well of checking yourself with pop music it's just it's okay yes. to like something and think that drum beats awesome or, or whatever but also yes. you can plummet way down and you know there may be an existential heart to justin bieber's <laughs> biggest songs it's great 
I love it. Wow, we re- we really have converted you. I can tell. <laughs> Such a fan. Um, it's it's been awesome to to talk to you, Nate. Thank you so much for for coming on episode party. It's been a real thrill. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is really fun. I love episode party because it turns me on to good podcasts, and it's not nasty. I like that you celebrate shows rather than you know excoriating them. Yeah. <laughs> And not not that you don't criticize them where when you know when warranted, but I don't know. I'm just I'm just maybe it's just the world we live in. But I'm just interested in discourse that's generous right now. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's well, good to hear. This is this has always been an aim, so uh, it's good that it's coming across. Yeah, I don't think we'd do it if we didn't love podcasts, right, Fred? Yeah, exactly. Or it would be like episode. It, would, it couldn't be called episode party. It would have to be called episode uh, <laughs> dead. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> episode downer. Yeah. <laughs> I episode, hate your right, episode. Uh, wake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, this is yeah. I'm I'm really glad we we didn't go down that route. Um, Nate, if 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 people want to find Switched on Pop, where can they find Switched on Pop? You can uh, find it on any podcast player. We were on Spotify as of just a few days ago, Ooh. which is really exciting. Awesome. And uh, you can check us out at our website switchedonpop.com or on twitter at switchedonpop where can people find us on the web freddy uh we are at episode underscore party on twitter and we are www.episode.party on the internet and if you're listening to us i'm going to assume you've already found where to find the podcast so yeah that's us thanks very much once again i've been freddie harrison i've been joined as ever by jack tutor and thank you very very much nate you have been an excellent guest and it's been an absolute pleasure thank you both we'll see you next time cheers bye-bye bye hey everyone freddie here If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. (laughs) 